Welcome into the Empty Battle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, alongside my co-host, Zane. We appreciate you guys listening in. We have a fun show ahead of us. College football and NFL are, of course, on the agenda, and college basketball is underway. So we're going to be talking about that quite a bit. Uh, Of course, we start off every show with talking about our beverage of choice. And, of course, Zane is going to continue with his college beer power ranking. Zane, what do you have for us today? Awesome. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, as promised, we're moving on to number four for the College Beer Power Rankings. And my number four choice is going to be Bud Light. I don't think any any College Beer Rankings can be official without Bud Light on there. Uh, Certainly not my favorite on taste, which is why it's, you know, down at number four, but certainly um, a beer that uh, I would always, you know, I don't know if this ever happened, but Somebody would always ask, hey, I run to the liquor store, you know, you want to pitch for a case of beer, I'm getting Bud Light or whatever. So I had a fair share of Bud Light in my day. Um, Did that and, ever come in the 30-pack, or was it always just uh, like the 24-pack? I, I think it was a 24-rack, um, but certainly not expensive, only like 13 14 bucks for a 24-rack. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the taste is it's not the best, but certainly cheap, fun, light, you could just have as many as you want still feel pretty good so I mean, that's what college is um, all about it's all it's all about quantity over quality <laughs> yeah absolutely you really don't care what goes down the hatch whatever just whatever does the job does the job yeah so i mean it was pretty popular um at ball state so you know I, yeah like i said i would always be pitching for blood light um but uh yeah so that lands on my number four college beer okay all right so and what do we have the first week we had the bush latte right bush latte so bush light was at five and then at four we've got bud light all right so we got three more so everybody stay tuned in the next few weeks and we'll get to the top of the power rankings and then maybe we'll try a different power rankings we'll we'll uh, keep you on your toes for that but of course uh we're going to start off with our headlines and i was really excited to talk about this i didn't actually watch the fight but I just saw it all over Twitter and <laughs> all over ESPN.com uh, about the fight that happened this past weekend. And, of course, the it was um, Tyson was the headliner. But the fight before that was former NBA player Nate Robinson going up against YouTuber Jake Paul. And <laughs> Nate Robinson got KO'd in the second round, and he looked like he actually died. Yeah, that's uh, like I like you said. I didn't watch it live or anything like that, but I definitely saw the social media reaction, and just I saw like a couple YouTube videos like reacting to to Nate Robinson Jake Paul fight and just baby sleeping on the floor. <laughs> oh it, man, it, it, it's worse that Jake Paul ended the fight asking everyone to like and subscribe to his channel and like, hey guys, you know what? <laughs> Leave a comment down below and uh, we'll we'll. Sub- We'll promote the, the best ones. I mean, yeah, what, what is it? T's and, T's and P's? Yeah. Lots of, lots of prayers <laughs> yeah. for Nate Robinson. Leave the T's and P's in the comments. As Nate Robinson's getting resuscitated and he's just telling all of his, his whole YouTube channel, like, hey guys, why don't you go just like my channel? You know, we appreciate all the support. Like, subscribe, comment, hit the <laughs> notification bell, download Shadow Raid Legends. And what's disappointing for Nate Robinson because I really he was a fun player to watch. He's a ten-year NBA vet, three-time Slam Dunk champion, and he's going to be known for getting knocked out by a YouTuber, Jake Paul. Yeah, it just seems. I think I what I was what I was hearing was that Nate Robinson just really wasn't up. Like, didn't train properly. Wasn't you know maybe as serious as he could have been. 
Um, so if it's like, national TV, you got to – I don't care yeah. who the opponent is. You got to train, man. That's unfortunate. Second round knockout's not, not great. Not great. No, no, no. It's very disappointing. He did not represent for the NBA creed. All right, our next headline – there were two upsets in the top 10 of college basketball last week. Of course, there are some other teams that uh, fell down in the rankings, but weren't necessarily upsets. The two biggest upsets were Richmond beat Kentucky on their home court in Lexington, Kentucky. And San Francisco on a neutral, neutral court beat Virginia. And, man, it just seems like Virginia and Kentucky just cannot get out of their own way when they face these mid-majors at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Virginia kind of, you know, not surprised because they're the only one seed to be beaten by a 16 team. Obviously different team, Yeah, but, you know, program, you know. And, and they've never been good at offense, so, you know, they've never had an explosive offense. So I think if any team gets hot against them, you know, they right. can be had. And as far as Kentucky goes, you know, I'm not going to put too much on on that, I mean, they bring in a new, uh, basically an entirely new roster every single year. Yeah. So, I mean, it shows um, that in college basketball, experience really, you know, outweighs, uh, you know, you know, quality of recruits. So of course, the Jimmys and Joes, you know, overall, you're going to get a lot of wins. But sometimes when it comes down to crunch time, experience matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, you know, just looking at the top 10 rankings again, we got a Big Ten, Iowa, three, Wisconsin, four, Illinois, five. Michigan State eight. I mean, that's really a power power showing for the Big Ten right now. Yeah, just a gauntlet. Really happy about that. And I think didn't Evansville uh, beat Kentucky last year also? And I think uh, yeah, another. I, I, uh, so. I think SF Austin or something or yeah, something like that. Some school out of Austin beat uh, Duke last year uh, too. So it, it's you know it's with those one and done teams where they like you said have a new roster every year. Not too surprising that every once in a while, a mid-major with a senior-heavy team can knock down the door. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next segment. This is one of my favorite ones. We have a couple of good ones here to talk about. My back hurts section. Zane, who do you have for us this week? I, I was cl- It was very, very close. It was between um, you know, uh, Derrick Henry and Patrick Mahomes. Because, you know, we almost had a back-to-back by back hurts with Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, but it, but I ended up going with Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah. Uh, I I don't know if people are kind of sleeping on him this year, or they're just kind of bored with him because he's so good. But 462 yards and three touchdowns, oh. it, it just insane against the Bucks defense, who was yeah. who has a very good defense, right? And and mostly to one guy, Tyreek Hill had 269 yards of that three touchdowns. So it was like. They were just like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do. What are you? What are you gonna do? About? Yeah, what you, <laughs> you can so, try to come back in the second half. It's not. I mean, yeah. We can score when we want. We just choose Patrick not Mahomes to score. Was, <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes was just dancing on the Bucks. He was, um, especially against a good defense. Um, so I picked Patrick Mahomes for my back hurts. Yeah, that's that's a great pick. I think people just expect excellence out of him week in and week out now. That it's just like when he does put up those numbers. It's just not that eye-popping. But if, like, Josh Allen or, you know, Mitchell Trubisky put up those numbers, oh, my God, they'd, oh, be, putting yeah. up, they'd be putting up statues of them. They'd like, be giving him a gold jacket already. ESPN <laughs> and Overreaction Monday would be like, best quarterback in the league, no doubt. <laughs> He's better than Dan Marino after one game. 
<laughs> All right. So I had University of Buffalo running back Jarrett Patterson. Uh, Maction here. They went up yeah, against it's a, Kent State. It's about State. time somebody put some respect on the Mac, baby. Hey, man, I chose – we'll talk about it on Thursday or Friday, but I, I chose Chirp Chirp Nation and Ball State to uh, get the upset this past That's weekend. Right. Let's go. So, chirp Chirp. Uh, that was uh, some good action going on. Was, that was a close game. We'll talk about that on our next episode. But Buffalo running back Jarrett Patterson, eight touchdowns and 409 yards rushing. My goodness, he ties the all-time record with uh, Howard Griffith, Illinois running back, who scored eight touchdowns against Southern Illinois at SLU or SI, at SIU. And, man, that was just a, a sight to behold. It was a high-scoring game. You know, that's why you never bet the unders, man, because the overs, they can just disappear that quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Buffalo drops 70 points. That's just absurd. They took care of the over by themselves. They didn't even need Kent State, <laughs> which Kent State is a good team. They, they fell to three and one on the year. Yeah, so got- both teams are going undefeated. But, um, I mean, Kent State was a good team, and they I think they put up 40-something points. Or- 50 something yeah, they points, put up 40. So. Yeah, so Buffalo's 4-0 as well as Western Michigan at 4-0. And then we have the lurking Ball State Cardinals at 3-1. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the who, who, who is their really, one loss to? Really, really strong. Um, let me see if I can go in here and get that loss. Yeah, I mean, Maxion is nothing to um, play around with. Uh, they, they lost, lost to, Miami, to Ohio. Uh, Miami of Ohio. I don't even know. That makes me want to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know typical powerhouse uh northern illinois is winless this year uh, i know they have a new coach in there and he's playing all their young players so a lot of the he's actually getting a lot of seniors leaving house which is tough to see but it's uh you're kind of seeing maybe the new guard come in you know the old guards kind of uh subsiding and maybe uh you know ball state and buffalo and company are starting to make their headway yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Jared Patterson, eight touchdowns. I mean, seriously, that that's the definition of my backer. He's got that team on his back. I have a big credit to his offensive line, but you, you know, eight touchdowns, you're making it happen pretty much all by yourself. That's you, you figure after the sixth touchdown, Kent State would just be throwing the kitchen sink at Jared Patterson to make sure he doesn't cross the line of scrimmage ever again. Yeah, yeah. he's still able to find another way to run up the score for another 100 yards and two more touchdowns. The one time the Mac makes ESPN headlines, you don't want to be the team that somebody did something against. Yeah. So. <laughs> you don't want to end up on SC not top 10 by yeah. getting juked out of your shoes. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go on to our uh, next segment. Again, to summarize, I had uh, Buffalo running back Jared Patterson. Zane had Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. Our next segment, I really like this segment. Some people, it's their favorite one. I don't blame them. The meatball plays of the week. Zane, who did you have to start your meatball play of the week? So my my meatball play of the week is that poor Syracuse quarterback, fourth and goal on their own or on the opponent's 19, spikes the ball to end the game on fourth down. Just absolutely just can't happen. Like it just can't happen. I'm sure the coach gave him a play, or the you know the sideline gave him a play or something, and he just panicked. Yeah. He just panicked, spiked the ball. Absolutely had a chance with time on the clock, down by seven. Absolutely had a chance to go for the end zone there, and spikes the ball on fourth down. That's that's definitely a meatball play. 
He just caved under pressure, man. I mean, how many times in the backyard as kids are we thinking, you know, seconds are running off the clock. We have one last play to throw it into the touchdown and you're running around the yard in celebration. And this kid got his one chance and he just threw it into the ground thinking he had another down. And there goes his one chance. And I don't think we'll see him in a Syracuse uniform for the rest of the year after what just happened last weekend. That was so sad. And um, I got a YouTube video pulled up of the of the play, actually, and there's nobody in the stands. And the first comment on the video says, good to see COVID hasn't affected Syracuse's attendance numbers. <laughs> oh, 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 man. I remember uh, one year it was like college game day was at, you know, Michigan State or maybe it was Big Ten game day at Michigan State game. Illinois wasn't even playing them, but it was raining sideways and there was one person out behind the studio and they had a sign that said send Illinois to the or send Illinois to the Mac. And it was just like <laughs> you're gonna stand out in the rain while it's raining sideways just to have that sign. When Michigan State isn't even playing Illinois. They're not even a ri- they're not even rivals. They just had to throw that dig at them in there. Wow, that's <laughs> hilarious. Send Illinois to the Mac. Internet and people are undefeated, man, with with their troll jobs. Uh, that's a great meatball play. Syracuse quarterback just you know just throwing the ball down into the dirt thinking he has an extra down oh, and i'm sure the rest of the team is just looking at him just like what the heck man all right so my meatball play of the week uh happened this past thursday thanksgiving i'm sure everybody was watching or maybe you weren't watching because you would have rather talked about the election than watch another nfc east showdown the cowboys against the washington football team not the redskins anymore the washington football team so the cowboys tried to do a fake punt play and they did a reverse play. So all well, all well and good. If you you know if you've been practicing this, why not try it? You know it's you got nothing to lose at this point. And the player who got the reverse, he went 14 yards behind the line of scrimmage in a wide, wide sweep. And it's like he's trying to wait for like a hole to open or just this magic runway to just take him to the end zone. And I'm just watching. I'm just like, just run forward. And he keeps sweeping and going farther and farther back. He finally starts going north and south. And he ends up one yard behind the line of scrimmage. And they end up losing a yard. Washington gets the ball in Cowboys territory. And they score shortly thereafter. And that's why people call them the NFC least, because of plays like this. And I, I, it was really disappointing that this was the final game on Thanksgiving that we had to watch. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, that was, before I saw you had it, that was a meatball play that I was thinking about. It just didn't, I mean, I don't think it really made any sense. You're so far, like you said, you're so far behind the line of scrimmage. On a fake punt, you know, you want to be, it's got to be quick. It's got to develop quickly, because otherwise everyone's just standing there watching the play. They're like, all right, well, we we see you. You're not, (laughs) you're not fooling anybody. So I would have liked to see if they're going to do that reverse. Maybe he throws it or something like that. You know, something extra, extra tricky. But it's like he did the reverse, but because it's a punt, everyone's still just staring at the backfield. And so they're just like, all right, well, we're not going anywhere. And there's no fans in the stand, so all the coaches can just say fake, fake punt. And yeah, it was just tragic, really. That's something you'd see out of college. You know, that's something you'd see out of the MAC. That that's not the <laughs> NFC in the in the NFL. So yeah, that this was a, definitely high on the meatball plays this weekend. 
Uh, all right, so on to our next segment. Uh, we only have one game for our pulled my hammy section. This is for teams that uh, got upset uh, by a lesser team and, you know, they fake injuries, so pulled my hammy. And we had Northwestern on the road against Michigan State, and you're thinking Northwestern, you know, they're not that good. But you know what? They're a pretty good program. This, these past, like, 15 years or so, they've been they've been a pretty reputable program. They were ranked number eight by the college football power rankings. If they won out, and even if they maybe lost to Ohio State in the, Nash, in the Big Ten Championship, they would have had a chance to make the college football playoff. Instead, they got embarrassed on the road by Michigan State. And unless they run the table, I don't see them making the college football playoff. And this was probably the one year they were going to be able to do it. Yeah, I they had to run the table. Absolutely had to run the table. Even to have a chance, you know, like we talked about last week, I think if Ohio State keeps getting games canceled, I, there's no way they make it to the college football playoff going like 5-0. and oh. So, you know, no. if, North, if Northwestern could have run the table, they had a really good chance. But I mean, yeah, Michigan State's pretty good this year, I guess. They, I mean, they beat Michigan when Michigan was ranked. Oh, well, Michigan. Okay, we've talked about Michigan. We you know, we yeah, know they what Michigan's you know, about. They were ranked. They had some swag. Yeah, just because of the but, name. Uh, all right, all right. But still, so I mean, definitely Northwestern. That's a game they have to have. Certainly not a game they're supposed to lose. And probably with that, like you said. All and any hopes of getting into the college football playoff gone, especially to especially losing to an unranked team, absolutely gone. Yeah, Michigan State also lost to Rutgers, so um, like I said, powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, hold on, hold on. I mean, that's the Rutgers gave Michigan a run for their money. They gave Illinois a run for their money. They beat Michigan. You know, Rutgers might be turning things around. And by the transitive pop property uh you know that means illinois is better than michigan <laughs> for a better program than michigan i'll take it yeah i'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take, take that take that in a heartbeat all right so we're gonna move on to our next segment our box office segment where we talk about one game that lived up to the hype and one game that was a huge letdown did not live up to the hype we'll start off with the fun stuff first the hype game the chiefs against the buccaneers it looked like it was gonna be a runaway train early but the buccaneers made it interesting on sunday night football in the second half scene yeah, they came back. Uh, Tom Brady finished with 345 yards and three TDs. Um, so, you know, they really had to step on the gas in the second half. Uh, a little bit of back and forth, but, you know, so much offensive firepower um, between these two these two teams. Coming down to a three-point game, I would absolutely say that that lived up to the hype. Yeah, it was just you can't play one half of football and expect that to be the game and it was just too little too late for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers the turnovers in the first half two interceptions man those just kill you they just put you behind the eight ball Kansas City Chiefs were just kind of in you know coasting mode and you know when they want to score they will score the only time they don't score is when they choose not to so if you turn the ball over to them you better hope they just don't want to score at that point in the game and, yeah. you know, Tom Brady just gave them one too many chances. He made it interesting in the second half. The GOAT did, but it's just too little too late, especially against the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, is it, what they call it, a tale of two halves, really. Right. You know, um, but certainly a, a competitive back-and-forth game. Uh, Bucks made it really, really close. So, um, yeah, it was a good game this weekend. Yeah, I know you mentioned it uh, earlier uh, when we were talking about my back hurts or different players. You chose Patrick Mahomes and uh, 
you know, Derrick Henry was a choice. I chose Jared Patterson. But, I mean, Tyreek Hill, my goodness, the cheetah. Uh, three touchdowns, 269 yards uh, for 13 receptions. Oh, my goodness. He could have been our uh, my back hurts player of the week. Yeah I, yeah, I was thinking about it. He got me 44 points in fantasy. Oh, this man. Absolutely backpacked my team because um, I don't think anybody else got me over, like, 15. So, um, <laughs> He absolutely killed it, but yeah, I was like, ah, but Patrick Mahomes, man, just makes it all happen for that offense. Um, yeah. So between, the, between the two, I went with Patty Mahomes. Yeah, and definitely not a, a bad choice there. I think you could probably just pick him about any week for our uh, my back hurts player of the week. Um, so we're going to move on to our letdown game of the week. This is disappointing uh, because it's the Iron Bowl. And it's not an actual bowl game. That's just kind of what they call the rivalry game. Kind of like uh, for those who are in Illinois, the Land of Lincoln trophy game between Illinois and North- Northwestern or the game between Michigan and Ohio State. It's just like a rivalry game, but it's just called the Iron Bowl, not an actual bowl game. Uh, so Alabama rolls Auburn 42 to 13, and it was never even close. And it didn't even feel close at the beginning when it was 0-0. It just felt like uh, or Alabama controlled the game from the get-go yeah just roll tide but mac jones had uh five touchdowns just absolutely obliterated auburn i was hoping that auburn would put up a fight seeing as they're a ranked team and they've got bo Nix, but bo Nix did absolutely garbage two interceptions garbage no touchdowns like you yeah. said ne- never even close i i, I mean, the touchdown in the fourth quarter Alabama probably just gave that to them anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they, that's when the, really, the fourth stringers were in and they were finally getting yeah. their playing time. They could say they played in the Iron Bowl. Disappointing because it was on our get your picks on Route 66. I was hoping for a closer game, but um, sad to see. Definitely a letdown game, especially because I just saw it was the anniversary the other day of the kick six. Oh, Auburn. man. Auburn. And I watched that play live, man. Same I, here, I, I dude. Think that was probably the greatest college, like, I think sports history play that I've seen live. Yeah, was with the a, six. Yeah, definitely the best football play I've seen live. And and you know we had surround sound in my my house, and like the whole room was shaking because the crowd was so loud as he was running down the sideline, uh, taking back that failed uh, field goal from Alabama. Uh, Chris Davis, Auburn uh, returner, and man, the room was shaking and. They did not keep him off the field tonight, that night, and th- that would have that been was, a legendary I mean, game. Seriously, I it's it's kind of hard to like recall the what the plays you've seen live sometimes, but like you know, I like I saw the Malcolm Butler play live interception to win the Super Bowl live, but I, I like I think this one was seriously the most exciting amped I've ever been because I think it was a, so unexpected. Live, yeah, just oh my god, it was like. It was 109 yards. He was seriously like falling out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. And then he took it all the way back. That was so crazy. It was like David taking down Goliath. And, you know, the, the Auburn was the team of destiny that year because they had so many just trick plays to win them games that year. And it just felt like nothing could stop them. And fate was on their side. And, man, that was just a, such a fun game to watch. And just seeing that ending uh, man that, that was that was that was great and and Auburn's kind of just like this roller coaster program in general where it seems like their valleys are just so they can just be so low and you know the mountaintops can be so high for them but man like if they had a losing record like next year I wouldn't be surprised 
But if they also had like a championship caliber team next year and were in the college football playoff, I also wouldn't be surprised. They're just that hit or miss as a program. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They've had their fair share ups and downs. But, I mean, yeah, the SEC is just so competitive. Right. And, you know, LSU, Alabama, they Georgia, they dominated at Florida. They dominated every year. Um, so, but, yeah, every once in a while we see Auburn pop into their, you know, powerhouse. Bo Nick started off hot, but I, I think he's kind of fading. Yeah, I just don't know if they have a different answer at quarterbacks. Then I just have to stick with the legacy pick there and, and stay with them. So uh, we're, we'll go on to our barometer section for this week. And uh, Zane, I'll, I'll let you start. Why don't you, why don't you tell us if you're leaning between there is a God or uh, if you're more towards leaning towards there is a kick in the shin. I think it's got to be kick in the shin for the Bears. <laughs> I, mean, I, I picked him. I picked him this week Yeah. in our pick section. And I know the, I know the Packers are good. But I really think the Bears had the chance to be good, like, you know, better and good this year. I'm not going to fault Trubisky too much. I mean, your first game back, you're going up against the Packers. Uh, it's kind of tough, but they just didn't look good. They didn't look put together. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of camaraderie, you know, with the no. team right now. It's certain and, to splinter. Yeah, and that offensive line is still just horrid. Uh, and at this point, they're five and six. They were five and two at one point. They're five just, and one at one point. Yeah, five and one at one point. Um, so I'm kick, absolutely kicking the shin. I think it's done. I think the Bears needed that win to stay in the playoff hunt. So I think it's done for them. Yeah, and I know they they didn't lose the game on one play or the other, but it's just like it was just a lot of little mistakes and a lot of little decisions that I feel like just build up to it. Like so, David Montgomery had this fifty-seven yard run that got them down to like the eight yard line, and they do two pass plays that uh, both receivers, two different receivers, drop, and they end up having to kick the field goal instead of tying the Packers or even taking the lead because the Packers missed the extra point, and then. After that 57-yard run, he doesn't touch it until two drives later, even though he had just run it 57 yards. And it's just like, what What are you guys doing? And then Mitchell Trubisky, instead of throwing it away, he runs out of bounds for a four-yard loss. And it's just like little things like that added up throughout a game can really just kind of cost you, and they can just dominate the narrative. It might not just be one game or one play that costs you, but it's just that cascade effect that really comes down, I think, to coaching and just – Lack of execution by the players. That's just really disappointing. But I'm actually going to lean towards there is a God. I was, you know, kicking the shin, you know, just 45 to the kneecaps a few weeks ago. But I'm just not letting this team, you know, I'm, I'm not hoping for playoffs anymore with this team. I'm actually hoping they lose out because I want them to get a higher draft pick. So the fact that they lost and that the fact that, you know, they got blown out and Virginia McCaskey was in attendance that game. And I know she can't stand seeing us lose to the Packers. I think there'll be change in Hallis Hall this off season. And I think these losses are going to dictate that. So I'm going to say there is a God because we'll get the change we want and a higher draft pick, but also more importantly, College ball, basketball is back underway, and Illinois is ranked fifth nationally with a top five matchup against number two Baylor tomorrow night. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that should be uh, a really fun game. Hopefully, Illinois doesn't blow it. They finally got the, <laughs> you know, 
They're finally in the national spotlight. Baylor's been good for the past couple yeah. of years. They've been really, really good. Um, but like we've seen, I mean, teams can teams can easily fall in these early season tournaments where, you know, I mean, they're important, but if you lose, you know, you lose. Um, right. Right. So but you know what? A loss isn't as bad as it is in football because the turnaround is so quick and there's plenty of other games, especially in the Big Ten, to make up those games. And um, so, you know, Baylor was probably going to be a Final Four team last year. And they brought back most of their players, so it'll be tough for Illinois. I, I, I think probably Baylor wins by double digits, and they kind of pull away at the end uh, when Illinois has to start hacking at them and trying to force three throws, free throws. But uh, I expect a good game. And uh, one little note: Ohio State canceled uh, their game uh, against Illinois this past weekend. They're lucky they avoided that buzz saw because out of uh, you know mm. that upset would have destroyed their college football playoff chances. But maybe one, you know, in 2024 when we play them again, the Illinois will get that upset. All right, so we're going to move on to our final thoughts. Uh, we'll start off with the college football playoff rankings. They just came out tonight. And Zane, do you have any, you know, things that stand out to you? Uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State, they stay put at 1, 2, 3, and 4, Texas A&M and Florida outside looking in at 5 and 6. And our group of five team at Cincinnati stays at seven. Not not many other teams really, you know, moving up or down too far that are in that top five range. But anything out of those rankings or a team that's maybe a dark horse to you? Um, trying to, yeah, I don't really think anybody's really a dark horse. Um, right, like we've I, I feel like about, it's set in stone. Yeah, maybe Cincinnati jumps up there. Um, maybe there's just so much fan, you know, recognition for Cincinnati to sh- get them in there. Especially yeah. if, if especially if Ohio State continues to get you know games canceled, four and zero is just not going to cut it. Five and zero is not just going to cut it. You know whatever they get to, uh, not really going to. I don't think Texas A and M, Florida, Georgia, I you know Iowa State's up there at seven and two. They're the highest, their second highest two loss team. But I think if you're going to go with the two loss team, Georgia would be there uh, ahead of them because they've lost to the number yeah. one team, Alabama. Right. Um, so I think my dark horse would be Cincinnati. I actually do think yeah. Cincinnati could sneak in, um, because you know Texas A and M and Florida might beat up on each other, and if Ohio State, you know, COVID, who knows what could happen? They might have right. players. They might have key players out. They might have to do a Denver Broncos and play their eighth string quarterback. Um, so so maybe they lose one. So I think uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati could be a dark horse. Yeah, you'd need uh, Notre Dame. Actually, you'd probably want Notre Dame to beat Clemson a second time in the ACC championship game, right? Because with two losses, I mean, I don't know if Clemson is, you know, should be in the playoff ahead of an undefeated Cincinnati team. You'd want you Texas know that would be the talk of the town. Undefeated, oh, yeah, undefeated Cincinnati versus two lost Clemson. Oh, that would bring up all the debate. <laughs> oh, would it not? And of course, you'd probably expect Clemson to boat race. Cincinnati but still just you know by you know they, they're undefeated they didn't lose so they I think they should yeah. get a chance especially this year a crazy year and especially uh Ohio State you know if they don't play any more games or if they only play one more game do you want a 5-0 and Ohio State team that only won five games eh, I don't know so it I mean you know I'm glad that's not my job that's all I'm saying so um also a little nugget we're still not done with our week 12 NFL games 
What was supposed to, a, a week later, the Steelers and Ravens will be playing tomorrow and afternoon after they were supposed to play uh, Thanksgiving night. Yeah, they, they were supposed to play Thanksgiving night and be the primetime matchup. Instead, we were left with the NFC East matchup with the Cowboys in Washington. That was unfortunate. So we'll have to wait until tomorrow afternoon at 2.40 Central Time for the Steelers and Ravens to match up. And uh, I just – I think the Steelers will probably win that game, don't you think? Because, I mean, Ravens during – they've just been on a downward trajectory. Yeah, I think I think the Steelers probably win, and I think that's fine. I don't think – although the Baltimore Ravens are sitting at eight – well, you know what? Actually, no. I think it is. I I just I just flipped my my decision like right now. I think it is a must win because even if they win and they're at seven and four, they're still sitting behind Indianapolis for that seventh spot because they lost yeah. to Indy. So if they go down two games, if they lose and go down two games, and they're behind on the tiebreaker to Indy, I think that's too much of a hill for them. So I think they absolutely need to win this because then they're tied with Indy. You know, yet they're one game behind because they lost the tiebreaker. But at least you're still at the same same record. If you go two games behind, it's not good, you know, because you're behind on the tiebreaker and two games. Uh, I don't think they could come back from that. Yeah, they're just running out of games to make up that ground. And they just can't afford to keep losing, putting games in that loss column. It's just a matter of time. And, you know, we only got, what, four more weeks left. So four more games. Running out of time, guys, to make up ground, and you can't really afford any more losses, especially to, you know, division rivals. All right, so we'll end this show with, of course, we're talking about our drinks, and I don't even think I mentioned what drink I had at the beginning. I have a Modelo Especial Especial out of Mexico. Pretty good. I finished it. Very good beer. I'd recommend it. And uh, Zane, how was your Bud Light for your number four in your uh, college drink of choice power rankings? You know, there I got them. I got them cold. Got them cold and refreshing, so definitely earned its spot on number four. Um, and it is yeah, all gone with the Bud Light. Yeah, definitely have to have those cold. Uh, some different beers you can afford to drink warm, but um, <laughs> Bud Light and uh, uh, Bud Light's Bush gotta be latte, crisp. Yeah, yeah gotta be they, crisp. They gotta be cold because if they're warm, it, it doesn't taste like beer. I'll tell you, I'll I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you guys joining in. We had a lot of fun this week. We're going to be back on in a couple of days to preview this weekend's games. And we'll talk some more about uh, the college basketball slate as well. And then big uh, primetime matchups. We had a lot this week. Michigan State and Duke are playing right now. Michigan State is leading them. And we got Kansas and Kentucky later tonight. And of course, Illinois and Baylor tomorrow night. And I actually, I think we have Gonzaga and Baylor for a one, two matchup on Saturday. So that should be a lot of fun to watch as well. So stay tuned. We'll be posting a publishing this episode uh, in the next few hours. And then of course our other episode in the next few days. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening.